0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: When influential panel says a lack of quality data is the number one barrier to making up the cybersecurity workforce shortage. The Cyberspace Solarium Commission 2.0 is recommending Congress direct agencies to generate better estimates of how many cyber and IT personnel they actually need. It's also suggesting the National Cyber Director take the lead on a whole of government cyber workforce strategy. For more, Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday spoke with the director of the Solarium Commission, Mark Montgomery.
2: This is a complicated thing because there's actually a law, you know, the Federal Cybersecurity Workforce Assessment Act of 2015, which explicitly tells the Office of Personnel Management, or directs Office of Personnel Management, to gather data on the federal cyber workforce from the 101 federal departments and agencies. And the first thing I should say is, that law is sunsetting. So above all else, you know, we need to extend that act because the only thing worse than the bad data I'm about to describe would be having no data. But even with that act, we're not getting the right data. It's a combination of things. Part of it is the law isn't written perfectly. It should be amended slightly. It should certainly be amended to say, you know, ask for Weber workforce projections as well. In other words, it's interesting to know What you need today, it's critical to know what you need two to three to four years from now, which is what policy is impacting, you know, future uh, acquisition of, of, of personnel. So it needs to be extended, it needs to be amended, and it needs to be adhered to. That third part's the part that's frustrating because OPM does not have the stick to get the federal agencies to provide persistently, consistently, The right data to them so that they can provide a an overall federal cybersecurity workforce status.
3: And so it sounds like, you know, they're counting their current positions, but they're not projecting what they need into the future. So it's almost like they're always playing catch up in this space.
2: That's exactly so, and they're really not even counting them that well. They're counting them poorly. Then they're not counting the future. And what's really frustrating is that, nice, the National Initiative for Cybersecurity Education has actually done a fantastic job, you know, detailing what the different types of federal cybersecurity employees there would be. I I want to say there's in the realm of 50 different coded positions, you know, types of positions that could be assigned to a general IT worker or maybe even a lawyer, or a financial management or acquisition person. But that cybersecurity expertise, it describes the job, assigns a three-letter code, and then describes the kind of background that's required for that job. So we actually have the opportunity to have fantastically illuminating data, and yet we don't actually obtain it.
3: And it sounds like from the report, there's also an issue with with how these nice designations match up with opm series which really drive how agencies code jobs
2: i i don't have a great solution for that i i don't want to come up with a new plan which is to change the opm qualification writ large because if we did that we would just say okay we'll come back in five to seven years to begin collecting data so i think we're at the point where we have to marry the opm job descriptions with, like for it 2210 there's other codes for those with the nice coding for specific capabilities needed within that job and, and work off of that, that would be enough. If we could just marry those two and then collect the data against it, we'd be fine. And, and that marrying of two is being attempted. I'm just saying it's not being done consistently across federal agencies. It's not being done persistently you know, every three to six months. And it's not being used to project future jobs
3: got it and, and so i want to turn to another big legislative recommendation the report has which was to establish a government-wide cyber accept, accepted service and i'm wondering you know there's are obviously the the programs that exist currently at the defense department and a little bit newer the department of homeland security cyber talent management system if if you could pull pull the, the all the levers of government today is there a specific one there that you would just spread out across all agencies? Would you design it a little bit differently than those two existing programs? Or how how would that work in a perfect world?
2: Well, you know, you're absolutely right. We described two or three different ways you could better recognize and compensate the cybersecurity workforce to ensure the appropriate level of retention and development. But I will tell you right now, the clearest, most beneficial option would be creating a government-wide cyber accepted service, Uh, and obviously this would require congressional input. The Department of Defense already has something very similar. They have a cyber accepted service. And I think you'll see in in the House Armed Services Committee cyber subcommittee markup-led paperwork that just dropped Tuesday. They actually were asked DOD to give a report on that cyber accepted service. What are the strengths and weaknesses? I think that report could be extremely illuminating to how you create a federal government-wide cyber-accepted service. And I think we now all understand that cybersecurity is more than just the security of the national security agencies like DOD and the intelligence community, that we need to have the same kind of high-quality, properly compensated cybersecurity workforce in energy, transport, small business administration, you know, across 101 federal departments and agencies. So to me, that cyber-accepted service for the entire federal government while a very big congressional and White House lift is the right long-term answer.
3: Yeah. And I guess, what do you think the outlook is for doing something like that within the next couple of years? Because it sounds like it might be a little hard to get that done before the end of this session.
2: What's the likelihood of being done in the next two two years is some, I think, reasonable. The next five months, almost none. In other words, in this legislative cycle, none. Now look, I stand to be corrected if there's a major cyber attack on the federal government and we once again look not up to the, the charge, you know, then we'll start seeing this. Because look, there's three legs to the cybersecurity stool: technology, policy and processes, and people. And we are throwing money like a drunken sailor at the technology over the last three years between the appropriations budgets for the agencies are going up ten percent a year, year over year. Scissors even much more than that, more like 20 to 25 percent, you know, extra money in the COVID bill, extra money in the in the Infrastructure Act. You know, we're seeing lots of money coming at the technology. You're seeing a lot of great law change over the last three NDAA cycles and in some outside NDA legislation that's passed. What what we're not addressing is that third leg of the stool, the people. And if we do not get it, the people, we're not going to get at this problem. So, look, I, I think it's a two to three year process against get cyber accepted service. I would say overall to get the cyber workforce right is a minimum, a minimum of four to five years. You know, you can't fix people like you can fix a policy or processes or even sometimes a technology solution. People takes time and investment and leadership. And that's why this, this report was so focused on addressing data leadership and the resources.
3: Got it. And the other big piece of this report that you guys put out was recommending that the national cyber director really take the lead on this workforce strategy that you propose. Uh, can you kind of explain how national cyber director Chris Inglis might be able to drive this issue from his perch, which is really kind of still growing and, and getting established within the it's, it's, a, it, it's totally new within the past 11 months?
2: Normally, when I would have written, when one would write a policy report like this, you'd start with the leadership challenge. In this case, we actually started with data because it was without proper data it, you know we're just all going in a circle. But once you address the data, and you and I have talked about that already, you have to address the leadership. This needs to be top top down strategic direction, not micromanagement, but strategic direction. You know, from a senior White House official like. Chris Inglis, and we recommend Chris Inglis. Um, if you look in the uh, original language for the NCD workforce is addressed, he is you know, very skilled at workforce, having come from being deputy director of the National Security Agency in, in his previous experience. He needs to provide that guidance to federal departments and agencies that says, this is what you need to be doing. And then the beauty of him being at the White House and having developed a relationship with the Office of Management budget, where Chris DeRussa, the federal CISO, is also dual-headed as a deputy national cyber director, as he can then work to ensure accountability for adherence to both the data mandates that I mentioned, but also adherence to proper budgeting for your federal cyber workforce. So you need strategic leadership to drive agency compliance and accountability that comes from the top down. English is perfectly positioned to do that. He was given large enough a staff that he can set people aside for the specific responsibility. He already has a strong budget review assignment, and he can add the workforce into that. And then finally, he can take some existing leadership and coordination structures, you know, and doing the work on this. We, we came across a, a cyber workforce coordinating working group made up of, you know, leaders. Uh, the leaders right now are from VA, CISA, and DOD. They could be from other agencies. When they have you know, dozens of other federal agencies participating, is already recognizing the problem. They're not high enough up the food chain in their individual agencies to drive complete success. So he can get that coordinated working group with his people on it, create a slightly higher steering working group with leadership from the White House, and drive long-term accountability and compliance.
1: That's Mark Montgomery, director of the Cyberspace Solarium Commission 2.0, talking with Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. Hello, I'm WIPA CEO Shane Canfield, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Lessons in Leadership. I'm honored to be joined by Angie Bailey, founder and CEO of Anunda Life. Angie has a remarkable career in public service, beginning as a GS2 clerk typist with the Social Security Administration. And over the next 40 years, Angie steadily worked her way up through the government, ultimately becoming the Chief Human Capital Officer at the Department of Homeland Security. It's been recognized with presidential rank awards by two administrations for leadership, innovation, dedication, and commitment to the country. Angie, thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you, Shane. What a pleasure to be here.
1: Angie, you've made quite a name for yourself as a leader in the federal workforce. Who was the first person you remember looking up to as a leader, and what about them inspired you?
0: You No, I often think about this because, you know, sometimes we think of the people that we look up to the most is being somebody that throughout our career has you know been at the highest levels and all. But you know, I've got to go back to, honestly, whenever I was 10 years old, and uh, I remember I really wanted to play Little League baseball on a boys' team. I was the only girl. And interestingly, it was the women who would keep saying to me that, no, I couldn't play. And then one day, whenever I was there to sign up yet again, uh, there was this guy, his name was Delbert Beiser, He um, put aside whatever conscious or unconscious biases that he might've had about having a girl on a team. He treated me the same, Uh, whether, you know, if I wasn't performing, I got benched just like the boys. I got no special treatment. And, and, and he was just really honest with me and he just included me in everything. And so looking back on it, uh, you know, really it was Delbert advisor, our local mechanic in our little small village that was,
3: Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now. Available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature.
1: Hey, hon. What you doing with your phone? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look.